Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished professional from New York, USA, Sumana Sethi. Sumana, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashutosh. Nice to be here. Thank you. Sumana is the co-founder of Commit to Change, which is C2C. She's a social entrepreneur, an attorney, and a philanthropist. So Sumana, before we talk about Commit to Change, tell me a little bit about your own journey in brief. Um, sure. I was uh, originally born in India and came to the U.S. when I was quite young. Um, fairly typical immigrant story. My father is a surgeon um, and my mother is a housekeeper. And so we were both... Um, and I have a younger brother as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we lived in, I grew up mostly in Pittsburgh and then Michigan. Mm -hmm. Went on to become a graduate in economics and political science from Michigan University, and then went on to law school and business school. Um, I wanted to pair the learnings between law and business because they're, they're so intertwined into how economies develop and grow. Mm -hmm. And something I've been very passionate about is just the, uh, interconnectivity between these disciplines. Wonderful. So let's talk about Commit to Change. Uh, tell me about what was your inspiration to start Commit to Change and what is your mission? Sure. So I, I've never lost sight of the fact that I was born a girl. Um, and when you look at how the girl child is viewed across the world, particularly in South Asia, mm. it it gives you a lot of perspective. Right. And during my, um, prior to my law school days, I actually got the opportunity to clerk with Ramu Jith Malani in New Delhi, working on dowry abuse cases. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I'm sure you know that dowry is the giving of property during mm -hmm. marriage yeah. from the bride's family to the groom's family, but that often becomes manipulated and it becomes somewhat of a corrupt practice that unfortunately leads to a lot of trauma for the women involved. Mm -hmm. And so when working through these cases, it, it's very challenging and also uh, demoralizing because there's really not much you can do at the point mm. that happens to you. And so it was always in the back of my mind as to how do you actually stop the process? How can you get involved so this scenario actually doesn't occur? But mm. at the time, the, the approach hadn't really manifested mm. itself. Mm. And so a few years later, I was in India again, visiting an orphanage that my aunt was involved with. And all the children at this orphanage had HIV and they were looking for $15,000 to build a school mm -hmm. um, on the property. As you know, the stigma attached to being an HIV child, as well as the infection rates were really influencing the girls' abilities and desires to go to mm -hmm. school. And so at that point, the light bulb just connected because wow. if you think about it, if you can help a child at a young age, right. maybe can actually shift her destiny mm. so she end up in the scenarios which creates the dowry abuse problems or if even if she dies she has the tools to come out of it um and so that was sort of the journey i took to incredible to change incredible so what you're telling me is that commit to change is basically focused on uh, one of the pillars is is dowry is it not so much, it's it's not so much the dowry, it's more focused on education so on that education. the child has the power to escape those circumstances should she find herself in it. Mm. I can't, change, I wish I could change the system of dowry, uh, but yeah. it, it's, it's a, it's it a is, challenge. It is a terrible system and I completely agree with you, you know, but uh, tell me, uh, 
How has Commit to Change evolved since you founded it? And are you still focused on India or uh, around the world? Sure. So it's evolved in the sense when we, my co-founder and I originally started the organization, we were really focused on how to get the girl to school. So paying school fees, uh, buying the books, tuitions, um, tools, buses, whatever it took to mm -hmm. actually just step one. Mm -hmm. But then if you look at all the data, there's so much great uh, statistics out there to say what happens when a girl is educated. Mm -hmm. But in order for actually those wonderful things to happen, which we'll, we'll get into the course of this discussion, mm -hmm. she has to graduate. Correct. So we were looking at then the trajectory of what's happening. Are the girls they are going to school? We're providing the resources but then you look at the dropout rates, especially for girls in secondary mm. school, and they drop out at almost two times greater mm. than boys do. So if you can't get them to stay in school and succeed, then you're never going to create all the positive impact from educating a girl. Mm. So our, our programming has evolved that we not only focus on access to education, but also providing the tools to succeed in school. So we provide mm -hmm. elevated programming in English, science, technology, and math, mm -hmm. as well as, um, and we wrap those programs with what we call life skills programs that focus on confidence, creativity, communication, critical thinking. Mm -hmm. And we have the, and that really engages the girl to learn in a creative fashion and become confident in her learnings, which we've mm. seen a lot of great data as to why then she's excited to stay in school. Mm. And over 97% of our girls advance to the next level. So we're seeing a lot of positive impact from that growth. And then finally, once they're finished with the secondary education, we're focusing now on higher education. And so activating and giving them agency to pursue their next careers. Mm. Uh, to answer your um, follow-up question, we did initially start in India. We have now expanded to Bangladesh and Nepal with aspirations to, to tackle more countries. Fantastic. Good luck. Thank so, you. Uh, you know, I've spoken to many people from the social sector and while the work that you're doing is absolutely incredible, there are also a lot of challenges that you face. What are some of these challenges? Um, sure. So primarily it's um, advocacy, actually getting people to understand why it's important to educate a girl. We work with orphanages primarily. So in one sense, it's then focusing on uh, these conversations with the administrators, explaining to them that, uh, it, I know you need infrastructure. I know you're looking for, because they're all very focused on the basic needs and they should because they need to keep the lights on. But we're telling them we will we'll help you with the basic needs, but give us time, give us your focus, give us your energy on bringing these programs, hiring teachers and tutors and helping get these children to that next level. And the same conversations, because some of our girls are not pure orphans, they come from very, very impoverished families, once again, convincing their families that this is a worthwhile endeavor. So it's a lot of advocacy initially is our biggest challenge. But once they're able to see the shifts, and they've all seen it, it's it's phenomenal how quickly they, they're excited to learn and grow and develop. Incredible, incredible. So uh, before we move further, I'd love to hear from you of any any success story of where you've really achieved something amazing for a young girl and how did it change her life sure i mean i think that we have a, like incredible success stories from girls who have 
have you know come from the worst of backgrounds and have graduated at the highest marks, received scholarships to come to the U.S., mm. and are now engineers and and other professionals in this country. Right. And those those are phenomenal stories. But I'll tell you, my favorite ones mm-hmm. are the smaller ones, where the girl is she's shy, she doesn't want to learn, and then you see her develop slowly and get excited and build tools. So whether it's the girl who 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 never touched a computer before, who's now creating apps because she's insecure about music mm. and so she's created an app to play instruments while she's singing um and then you have the stories of the young girl who's who comes from a very very poor family with no resources that starts learning and then is able to teach her family so we have the story of a young girl who's learning english in our programs mm. and then was able to help her father fill out some forms he needed to fill out for work because they were in english mm. so you her being able to add value to her family and how excited they all get that yeah. this girl is progressing in the way that they never imagined. Oh, wonderful. Thank you for all the amazing work that you're doing. Uh, Thank you. Let's move on and ask you, you know, I wanted to ask you that what do you believe are some of the key factors that contribute to the success of programs like C2C? And how can a lot of our viewers and listeners support you? Oh, thank you. I I think our programs, a lot of people are doing amazing work in this space. It's a big challenge. There's 130 million girls around the world not in school. I think what makes us unique is that we focus on the three legs that I mentioned. So it's not access to education. It's not making sure she just goes to school, Mm. but is she... Is she learning? Is she becoming her own advocate? Because Mm. I can tell you, I can fight for you. But Mm. if you don't for yourself, it doesn't go anywhere. So we really focus on getting her to believe in herself. And when she does that, everything good happens. And the way people can support us is honestly, it's just helping us, you know, raising awareness through social media, helping us uh, find grants and other foundational opportunities. with us to identify programs that they think are, are in need and something we could actually be involved with and create value. Mm, amazing. My next question is that, you know, given the kind of challenges we have seen the world has gone through because of COVID, how have you adapted your own approach to be able to support so many of these young girls across so many different countries? Uh, with COVID creating such a major deterrence? Sure. Um, We were able to tap fairly quickly to the COVID crisis. We shifted our programming to become all mobile. Mm. We... The girls in the orphanages, we were able to continue with our classes online, get them workbooks to work through and get them the supplies at their their place of stay. And with the girls that were actually not in the orphanages, we actually uh, provided food rations, Wi-Fi devices, yeah. um, other support to the families so that they would also be comfortable with her continuing to go to school. So actually for our programming, we had, we didn't skip a beat uh, during the period. 
um, we were able to provide community support as well as support to the organizations. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there's still a lot of challenges and trauma attached to what happened during that period that have resurfaced uh, with our girls in, in multiple ways. So now we're focused on the next phase as to how we can get them through the trauma. And it's not so much providing therapy in the sense that people already have access to some of those programs. It's mm -hmm. being creative. And that's what I think C2C is unique in is that we, we approach these challenges in a unique fashion. So maybe it's art therapy or some other way of addressing these uh, collateral effects that have happened from COVID. Amazing. Uh, so now tell me a little bit more about the role of education, um, not for the girls, which you are doing in any case, but for the elders and the parents and the social communities, because only if they buy in, will they support the C2C program? Agreed. And that is that is a huge challenge. But if you if you think about it, educating a girl is the easiest way to alleviate poverty around the world. Mm. Because if she rises, everyone rises. Right. So I gave you the example earlier about the girl who comes from the poor family who doesn't have the uh, resources to actually be in school and getting her family to tell her it's okay to go to school and not get early, you know, sold to bonded labor or early marriage or anything mm. else is in itself a challenge but if you can but as she becomes her own advocate and that's why I think our our programming is so unique because she can advocate for herself Correct. I can tell her family as much as I can but they don't know me but they know her and if she shows them and I told you the story about the girl who's yeah. able to do the the forms the for form her in English yeah there's other stories across mm. the about how these girls are able to go back and then teach their families something. Mm. So then they automatically start seeing the, the logic and why this is important. Right. And so honestly, that education to the community comes first and foremost from her. Like mm. she's her own advocate. Mm. And uh, what kind of collaboration do you seek from local communities uh, which can create lasting change? Um, sure. I For us, I think that the changes, once again, I'll always, I'll come back to the girl. So we really focus on getting her the resources mm -hmm. to create the value within her community. Um, we'll work with the administrators of the orphanages, we'll work with the parents to the extent they're there or other family members. Mm -hmm. um, but for us, we really try to focus our, and our efforts on getting her to be this advocate and show mm -hmm. the value we can only we can show it with with material resources right we can say we'll give you the rations send her to school we mm. can do this, send her to school but these are all small gap measures it won't create the lasting change that mm. you speak mm. about and so to create that lasting change you have to start showing the impact and that only happens from her mm. and do you face any kind of uh, uh, resistance or do you get any support from the local local uh, regulatory authorities? We haven't really sought the regulatory authorities in our work. We work uh, through the private channels. Okay. Um, we've started to reach out to some govern, uh, governmental authorities within India because they're liking our programs and mm -hmm. seeing how we can actually develop them across um, India in a more substantive manner, but we haven't fully gone down that channel mm -hmm. yet. But mm -hmm. For example, we understand that technology 
labs are going to be mandated, like the curriculum is going to be mandated within mm. India. That's something we started five years ago. Right. We teach Vedic maths and Vedic maths is something that also is going to become a part of the day-to-day curriculum as well. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Uh, my next question is that let's talk now about C2C's uh, vision. And you told me that you're already in Nepal and Bangladesh. What are your, as a co-founder, what are your goals and aspirations for the future of C2C? And how do you see uh, your organization evolving to meet the needs of the communities it serves? Sure. Um, I would love, we're at roughly 7,000 girls today. By 2025, I'd love to hit at least 10,000 girls. I'd also mentioned we're looking at expanding throughout South Asia and various parts of the world. So just Mm. continuing to slowly evolve um, in in a manner that can create the impact we want to. So Mm. that's important for us. I also think that like adapting to change is critical. And we've already shown that we've done that through our history. We started with one very narrow focus and we've expanded it to various other channels. Mm. But I, I think the way that we focus on this elevated education is how we'll continue to adapt and evolve. For example, with AI becoming a very hot topic around the world, Mm. we've already started building AI curriculum into our coding programs, Mm. and we're going to focus on promote engineering so that these girls can start developing those types of skills Mm. that make them horrible. and so it's, it's simple things like that. When we can constantly evolve it because they're programs that that are meant to be created with the times. And that I think will make it interesting going forward. Amazing. You know, I didn't realize in our conversation that you already supporting 7,000 girls. What is the kind of organization you already have uh, to be able to support so many girls? Um, we, in terms of our staffing? Mm-hmm. So we have uh, an amazing uh, team. We have an executive director and an assistant executive director based in India. Mm-hmm. We have an executive director in the US. We hire all the teachers and tutors. And then we have a lot of consultants and volunteers wow. that help us. So we do try to keep the actual administration small mm-hmm. and uh, build out the uh, verticals as necessary. Amazing, amazing. So I have time for two more questions for you. Uh, You know, you spoke uh, very briefly about the power that a girl will get when she's educated. And it's often been said that if you educate a woman or a girl, you actually educate a family. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit more about your belief in empowering women and creating sustainable change. And how do you think this will make a lasting impact on uh, the world for a more equitable future? Um, Sure. So um, I fundamentally believe that the easiest way to alleviate poverty around the world is to educate a girl. When she rises, nations rise. Mm -hmm. And even in in, like, there's a a stat, it's a bit dated in India that said, if you graduate 1% of girls from secondary school, so that's just 10th grade, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That it adds about $7 billion to the economy. Wow. And so there's significant economic Mm -hmm. impact they also say that, you know, invest a dollar in a girl that equates value of about $3 to mm. you. So there's a lot of data that supports the economic shift from educating mm. a girl. 
But yeah. also if you look at income, like when a girl is educated and she's earning, she probably spends about 90% on her family. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that goes back into how she's, she, she'll educate her children. She'll take care of her, her uh, society and the community. And it, it really evolves just past the one, one person. And that's why there's a ripple effect that actually happens when you educate a girl. And that's mm. what they say. Why, when a girl is educated, a nation rises. Absolutely. Well said. And my last question to you, Sumana, and this is for the many, many, many people who will listen to our conversation. Based on the amazing work that you and your teams are doing at Commit to Change, what would you say are three lessons you would want a lot of our young viewers and listeners to take away from your learnings? Um, sure. I would first of all say uh, your circumstances don't define you. Mm. So let that be the reason you don't face your challenges. Yeah. I would also say, because I fundamentally believe this as well, um, be your own advocate. Mm. Fight for what you believe in because that is the catalyst to change. If you're, right. if you're fighting your, your, if you're doing good work, naturally things will start shifting mm. and you believe what you're doing. Mm. Um, I would finally say be patient. Um, just because the world hasn't manifested according mm. to your desires today, it doesn't mean you failed. Mm. It just means you're one step closer to where you should be. Right, wonderful. And on that note, and uh, your three amazing lessons, circumstances don't define you, uh, be your own advocate and be patient. This is such a powerful comment you've made. Be patient because uh, things do change in all our lives. Thank you so much for speaking to me, Sovana, about your own journey, about the amazing work that you're doing with Commit to Change. You know, I didn't know uh, enough about Commit to Change till we schedule a conversation uh, you know, on this podcast, but the amount of work you're doing supporting so many girls is so laudable and so amazing. I mean, more power to you. Thank you for speaking to me and good luck to you. Thank you for the time, Ashutosh. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.